Welcome to Ag Vic Talk, keeping you up to date with information from Agriculture Victoria. Climate change. The issue is literally global. But for farmers who work at a local level, it's often difficult to see how you can make any real difference. G'day, I'm Drew Radford, and my guest in the AgVic Talk studio, Nick Blandford, pondered that as well. Indeed, it was part of the reason for him turning to farming after years of working in climate-related policy and scientific research. G'day, Nick. G'day, Drew. How are you? I'm great, Nick. Nick, whereabouts do you farm? Uh, so I work on my family farm in Merlot, which is on the western edge of East Skipsland, on the edge of Lake Wellington. And what do you farm there, Nick? Uh, we run a self-replacing merino flock on about 1,400 hectares. I grew up on the property after leaving for uni and then working in other agricultural industries, came back to work there in about 2016. So this is my sixth year on the farm. Sixth year on the farm, but you said it's a family property. Has farming been in the family for a long time? Uh, yep, so I think I'm the fourth generation that's worked on this farm. Wow, fourth generation. So you've seen a lot of changes then in that time, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. So when they first got there, I think there was a lot of rabbits and bracken fern and a lot of improvements made. But yeah, it's sort of gone through a lot of different cycles. And Nick, you said you went off to uni. What, what did you study at uni? Uh, so I studied ag science at uni. So ag was always going to be your final destination? Yeah, I think so. I think I was always intending to come back to the farm, but uh, there wasn't that opportunity when I first finished uni, so I went and did a couple of other things in between. But yeah, the intention always was was to to come back and give farming a go. And what did you do in between? Uh, So I worked in rural services for a little while and then uh, worked in some agricultural research for a little while as well. So if you've been working in agricultural research for a while and also uni studies, is that where you started to become a little bit more aware of climate variability and changes that were occurring? Yeah, I think I was aware of the issues of climate change through school. I think my awareness really grew when I was at university, though. I completed an honours project uh, investigating the potential increase in photosynthetic capacity of cereal crops under elevated carbon dioxide concentrations. Um, And then later in my career, when I worked in research, I worked as a technician at the CSIRO, and that was investigating the response of different traits of wheat to climate-induced stress, such as declining rainfall and increased temperatures. Um, And this made me much more aware of the need to adapt our production system to climate change, but also research needed to fit the context of our Australian production systems. Nick, that is much more than just a passing interest. That's really cutting-edge involvement and obviously understanding in the process. Yeah, I think I've always been reasonably engaged with it, but uh, to have a bit more of an understanding was really good. Um, I think after I moved back to the farm, I probably sort of wasn't quite as aware of the impacts on, on our farming systems. The first season were pretty good. We had reasonable rainfall. Uh, but then after those first couple of seasons, we had a pretty significant drought in East Gippsland, and I could really see the negative impacts on our business. Um, and so after that, I was a little bit worried about the impacts of animal agriculture and climate change, and I thought this is something that's going to be a major issue, and particularly as a young farmer. Um, and I would need to sort of take some responsibility for taking action. And from that, I was also lucky enough to participate in a Climate Smart Fellowship run by the Farmers for Climate Action. And in that program, we got to sort of stand in front of some really exceptional people like Mark Howden from the ANU and Sarah Barker from Minter Ellison and really talk about the, the science behind climate change and also the policies and how they impact that. Nick, that's a very broad scope. You know, obviously you've got a personal consideration here in terms of how the farm's operating but then you're involved at the policy level so let's just take one step back then you mentioned you ran into a drought when you first came back to the farm 
That was a reasonable drought too, though, wasn't it? It was a few years. I think we were always hoping that it wasn't going to last that long, but it sort of kept rolling on. And we sort of had that really low rainfall across those three years from 2017, 18, 19. And it was a pretty challenging time in terms of maintaining ground cover and those sort of soil health considerations, but also finding enough cash flow to be able to afford to maintain your feeding regimes to keep the sort of stock in good, good condition. Now, Nick, you talked there about the scholarship that you got and, and how you've been working also you know, around the policy edges. How is that starting to feature back on your property in terms of what actions you're taking? Yeah, it's a huge challenge and probably it hasn't been the biggest driver of our decision-making on farm, but something that sort of aligns with other sustainability and productivity practices. So that includes higher productivity to reduce the impacts of each product that we sell in terms of its carbon, like diluting the amount of greenhouse gases per emission for those things, well as sort of things like breeding resilient sheep to withstand our climate. We've also really targeted improving our soil health and we're participating in some local projects like a topsoils project, which really focuses on that area. We're also participating in a multi-species cover copying demonstration project with our local land care group, um, and that was funded through our Smart Farm Small Grants Initiative. More personally, I felt like the decisions being made in policy didn't really align with my views, and I needed to develop some skills and take some opportunities to advocate for climate action and the development of a sustainable agricultural industry. Uh, So that's included things like joining the Young Farmers Advisory Council, participating in the Gippsland Community Leadership Program this year, as well as the AgFIC Young Farmers Mentor Program. I've also found that joining various industry and community groups to be really valuable in planning for the future. So things like the Farmers for Climate Action, our local land care group, um, I'm involved with the East Gippsland Climate Action Network and the Young Farmers Best All Best Land group. And these have been a great resource to share information and concerns about climate change. I'm particularly interested in that part of it. So it's like actually getting out and talking to your fellow farmers and working on, well, as you talked about, a whole lot of trials to better set yourself up for the future. Is that a simplistic interpretation a lot of what you're doing there oh no i don't think so i think it's part of the challenge is really knowing actually what steps to take to really kind of get involved with the action and so for me that's been things that i felt like i could have agency over the decisions and my impact on climate change so being involved with these groups really getting involved with the communities and sort of talking about what options there are and because it can be quite a challenge to actually know what to do and what steps to take i imagine it's a long road that you're embarking upon do you feel like you're starting to gain traction? Uh, I think so, absolutely. I think sort of organisations like Farmers for Climate Action have been really successful in sort of pushing responsible action on farms and going to leaders in our governments and making sure they're aware of what things that farmers really want to see happen. Um, and I think we've seen some really good outcomes from that. Nick, recently the Victorian government released its climate change strategy, which includes a, an agricultural sector pledge. As a farmer, what's that mean to you? I think the challenge we've got is I think we have a really good understanding of where agriculture sits as an industry and its impact on our climate change. And I think in that report, there was 17% of Victoria's greenhouse gas emissions came from agriculture. I think the challenge we have is we don't have a really good understanding at the individual farm level. And the adage goes, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. And so we're often challenged as an industry with like a spectrum of information about what our impacts are from paper studying that animal agriculture is with responsible for 87% of all greenhouse gas emissions. Sort of the alternative is that it's part of a biogenic cycle of carbon and therefore there's no animal impact. I think we have to be really careful drawing the focus too narrowly and where there can be positive associations like Greta Thunberg pictured on the cover of Vogue in Scandinavia dressed in wool is really great. But I think we've got to be careful that we don't get too narrowly focused on things like that and look at the whole farm. And that's where I think the things like uh, the emissions calculator that Richard Eckhart put out from Melbourne Uni was really valuable. But the particular part of the emissions pledge that I'm really looking forward to is the 250 on-farm action plans that have been announced. 
And I think that's from the state government. I think that's going to be really important. It'll give us the idea of where the emissions are coming from and the strategies we can take to, to really mitigate those effects. And I think that's going to be really important for the context of our farming systems and vital to sort of reaching those climate targets and getting to net zero by 2050. For those that are unfamiliar with that particular project, can you just outline that a little bit further so people can understand what's being done there? So basically, uh, there'll be 250 farms selected across Victoria that will have a full kind of audit of where their emissions come from and really drill down on specific actions they can take and receive funding to really work on mitigating those effects um, and look to try and get to those positions where we can get farms that are carbon neutral. Nick, that sort of plays into the point that you made earlier of, well, if you can't measure it, then it's hard to act upon. So this is really about quantifying that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the challenges. We really need to have the trust in the information that we're putting out, particularly as we go to the markets, that when we say we have reduced our carbon emissions, we can actually prove that. And those calculators are really good, but I think it's going to be really important that we actually can do it in the context of our farming systems. Nick, what do you see as some of the challenges of actually taking practical action? Uh, I think the real big challenge is actually knowing what to do and where those challenges are really going to come from. So I think it's really important as individuals that we stay on top of the information and understand what options we have and opportunities we have to really reduce our carbon emissions. And that's really difficult to do sometimes in the context of we're still running our businesses in a climate that is changing and we have to always be adapting. So to be able to do both at the same time is quite difficult, but it's really important that we continue doing it. So we can't just merely adapt to the system while still having an effect on climate change. We need to do both. But yeah, it's very difficult to just start trying to mitigate our climate effects without having that adaptation as well. Nick, you've got a forensic knowledge about this area and also a great deal of passion. How have you gone getting your, even your own family on board with some of this? Uh, I think in terms of my own family, generally, it's been pretty good. Um, I think they can all understand that there's some challenges with climate change. In terms of my local community, there can be challenges talking to people about this, but I think that's where it's really important to kind of find that safe space and connect as a community and with different people that really will support you in in your feelings about climate change. That's a really interesting tactic. So you're sort of saying, well, you know, you can't just address this from one particular area. It can't be just policy raining down on us. I need to be talking to my fellow producers and explaining my insight and also trying to understand where they're coming from as well. That's kind of what I'm hearing from you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we've got to be careful as agriculture that we don't get too insular as well. And that's why I think looking for organisations like me being involved with my local climate action network, there are people in that that don't necessarily agree with my views that animal agriculture is something that can be sustainable. And it's really important that we don't move away and not listen to those arguments and understand where they're coming from. It's really important that we sort of, yeah, don't turn yourself off from everyone. It's really important that you kind of come together and find that common ground. It sounds like you're doing a lot of work to try and find that common ground. There's a lot of groups that you're involved with. It sounds almost like you're balancing almost as much time on the farm as off the farm dealing with this. Yeah, and absolutely, that can be a really big challenge, not overburdening yourself and not taking on too much. And that's why I think it's really important to work as a community together so that it isn't just up to individuals and a few people to really bring this cause forward, that there are more people that are willing to stand up and say, no, we need to do work on this. Nick, what advice would you give to other young farmers who are interested in learning more but don't know where to start? My advice would be that it's really important to sort of keep up to date with the opportunities to reduce our climate impacts so we can keep learning how to do this. And that's sort of really important that we really work into that safe space so that we can have those conversations. Often in agriculture, we can get into these double binds 
where we're not sure what action to take and whether that's enough, but also what the impacts will be on our lifestyle and our businesses. And often we can kind of become overwhelmed with that and think it's too hard and disengage or really get angry, particularly when things like animal agriculture are demonised as being this terrible for the climate. I think the really thing, the important thing is to tune in and connect with those groups. So organisations like your local climate action networks and something like the Farmers for Climate Action is really good. I also think it's really important to tune in with ourselves and be kind to ourselves and not overburden ourselves with feeling like we're not doing enough. But I also think one of the things we don't do well on farm is really tune in with our environment and appreciate the beauty of the farms that we work on each day. Nick, you're a dad, you've got a couple of young children. You've always been engaged in this area of climate impact did becoming a father change your focus at all yeah i think it did i think it really sort of drove home to me that the actions that i take now are really going to have an impact on my kids future and that it was something that i really needed to take a bit of responsibility for and that personal responsibility to make sure that i was doing as much as i could to make sure that my kids did have a future Nick Blanford, you're involved in an incredible amount in terms of trying to mitigate the impacts of climate change. Thank you for taking time to talk to me in the AgVic Talk studio about them. Thanks, Drew. Thanks for the opportunity to speak with you. Thank you for listening to AgVic Talk. For more episodes in this series, find us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to hear your feedback, so please leave a comment or rating and share this series with your friends and family. All information is accurate at the time of release. Contact Agriculture Victoria or your consultant before making any changes on farm. This podcast was developed by Agriculture Victoria, authorised by the Victorian Government Melbourne.